Seth and Murphy brawl, Bray Wyatt comes to the KO show, and something good actually happens in this week's review of Monday Night Raw. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to try to talk about this one very fast because, spoiler alert, I did not like this episode of Raw at all. It had one bright, shining, redeeming moment, and that was about it. So um, the show opens. They advertise that there's going to be a six-man for the main event, so you know I was excited about that. Uh, I saw Bray Wyatt that was going to be on the KO show. I thought that could be fun. And then we get a promo from Randy Orton where basically... Randy talks about his night vision goggles, then reads some fan fiction about beating up the legends. It is ridiculous. It was boring. Then Drew McIntyre came in and beat him down. It was just, I don't want to do a how to fix on this, but like Randy could have easily done numerous other things than just describing, well, while I was in the dark, I kicked Shawn Michaels in the head. Just being like, Yo, it was not fair what happened to me. I'm going to make sure no one's going to be able to attack us. Hell in a cell. It's basic, but you know what? It works. Or alternatively, have Randy be like, you know what? I did get what was coming to me at uh, at Clash of Champions. And in two weeks, I'm going to get what's truly coming to me what's been coming to me all year the wwe championship you could have had him done something like that but instead it was just very bizarre it didn't work out well and then we get a six-woman match it's Zelina, natty lana versus mandy dana and oscar it was a six it was a one segment it was a six-person match that was one segment which meant every wrestler in the match got to do like one thing um i remember one time uh famed terrible person mike quackenbush was like i love multi-man matches because wrestlers are like every wrestler is a color on my palette and i get to use them to paint a more beautiful picture with more people yeah certain people that can work and in other cases if you put a bunch of colors on a palette it just turns into a brown doo-doo color and that's what happened here oscar deserves better selena deserves better mandy deserves better the other three are there and then of course afterwards The champs come out, they beat down Lana and Natty, it was very good, it was a good reintroduction and letting them know like, hey, we're still here and we're still badasses, and that was that segment, it was one segment. So then uh, we go backstage, R-Truth is preparing for the draft, doing a mock draft, and Gulak comes from behind, rolling him up dressed like a janitor, I loved it because... (laughs) Our truth kept calling him Randy Orton, and it was hilarious. So that was that segment. Good. I really hope they put Truth, Tazawa, and Gulak on SmackDown, so that way uh, all the good stuff goes to SmackDown. And I'll be honest, if everything good goes to SmackDown, I may just stop reviewing Raw. Um, then we get a recap of Hurt Business. Uh, we get a shot of the baby faces backstage, which is just what I'm going to call the team of Ricochet, Apollo, and Mustafa Ali. MVP comes up and like he's done every single week is like, you want to join the Hurt Business? No. And then like at one point he's like, well, look what it did to Cedric. And I'm like, Cedric ain't been on TV in two weeks. That's not a good argument at this point. And then there's a nice little tease at the end of it of Ricochet may join, Ricochet may not, whatever. Then Seth comes out and I tell... I get it. 
they were having a match, but why the hell was Murphy with him? I understand they're trying to pull this whole, like, well, Murphy actually does care about Seth. He just doesn't think he's doing a good thing. Like, I, I get that, but, like, they barely teased it. Like, the fact that Murphy was willingly walking out with Seth was ridiculous, in my opinion. Uh, but then there was a good moment. Murphy refuses to give Seth the mic and is... God, he sucked. He was just like, oh, I'm sorry. I just really wanted an apology. And then Seth is like, really? You want an apology? Yeah, for Aaliyah. So he's fighting for Aaliyah. I get that. Um, there was some real intensity from Seth at the end of this where he even brings up other DMs. And it was really well woven in, talking about DMs where Aaliyah says she's jealous of her brother, basically, that she that uh, Dominic is the golden child and she feels slighted. Like, I liked that because it added to the storyline, but it was still just garbo so then we get murphy and rollins versus dominic and friend god humberto deserves better the one thing i do like out of this is uh that alia the fact that alia considers herself the black sheep and thinks that dominic is overshadowing her i like that because that gives murphy a reason to want to fight dominic it's he's fighting for alia he's fighting to get alia the attention and the respect that she deserves so i like that that actually works out really really well um there was a good ddt spot and that was really it except oh wait i forgot about this this might have been the best wrestling moment of the whole night because Humberto flies off the top rope and it, like fucking Shelton Benjamin versus HBK, Murphy just cracks him across the jaw with a knee, goes for the pin, gets him. It was gorgeous. It was an amazing moment. Then Murphy uh, strolls to the back and end of segment. And then Braun was just on Raw for some reason. Uh, ask for a match from Adam Pierce because Christmas came early this year. No Raw Underground t- twice in a row, which I think might be because of COVID, which, oh no, that's sad. Uh, so now, non-sanctioned is what Pierce says. He goes, I'll give you a match, but it's not going to be sanctioned. It is going to be an exhibition match, which I've always believed that any match that's not for the championships is an exhibition in a way, so that was weird. And then uh, Keith fucking Lee came out and was like, uh, yeah, write me down so hoss fight hoss fight hoss fight hoss fight very excited um then rollins and murphy come back for a promo backstage i kind of wasn't caring i was eating hot dogs and basically seth said you have until 10 p.m aka 9 my time to apologize and he and then he goes if you don't there'll be hell to pay so maybe those two at hell in a cell i don't know So now we go to the Kevin Owens show with Bray Wyatt. I like that Kevin is playing into this concept of ever since the fiend attacked me, I felt different. I don't. I'll be honest. I I hate that they pulled the trigger on this. I kind of wish this was a subtle thing that no one truly like. Obviously, everyone online notices it, but I hate that they're pulling it into storyline. I like it's kind of like when the Undertaker's streak became a thing. Like after a while, it became awesome, but also that kind of became all Taker was. And now that Bray's becoming the guy that changes people, I I don't know about it. Um, So it was weird. Kevin said he feels different, basically saying, I feel different. I want to fight. Let's fight. Then he name drops the brood. It was very cool. And then we get a Firefly Funhouse segment. And I'll be honest, it was probably the roughest Firefly Funhouse so far. Bray sings a song about friendship, which is weird because I think he was preaching about how much friends can hurt people a few months ago. So that was really bizarre. 
And I'll, I'll be honest, I still hate the fact that no one on the... If they're going to go all the way to that, if you wrestle the Fiend, it can change you thing. I hate that no one's realized, oh, Bray Wyatt, the 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 sweater man, and the Fiend are two different people. Like, it's not the same person. Like, e- even if they are technically in the same body, like, Bray obviously has a mental schism. Quit being a dick to sweater Bray is what I'm saying. He's not the problem. Like, at one point, I, I can't remember what it... He said something about, you don't understand what you're getting yourself into, Kevin. And, like, Bray started to cry. He was just straight up, like... Because Kevin was like, what about you and Alexa? And he goes, that's not me, that's the fiend. And no one is, like, talking about this, like, oh, okay, I see. So, I, I don't know. I wish they would play with that a little bit more. And also, I like that after he mentioned Alexa... Uh, Bray Wyatt looked legitimately sad, almost as if like, oh no, the Fiend is playing with Alexa now. The Fiend's not playing with me anymore. That sucks. Uh, Kevin ends the segment by saying, well, if you won't come to me, I'll come to you. Starts to go backstage. Then Alistair Black attacks and hits him with a black mask. It was a rough segment, which makes me mad because I was very excited for this match. It got really convoluted and horrible, which is basically what Monday Night Raw does best. So then we get an exclusive interview with Drew McIntyre, which I don't understand why they're like, it's exclusive. Motherfucker, he works for you. It's not exclusive to have your own employee there. Uh, But Drew, of course, fucking rules, is getting ready for Hell in a Cell against Orton. And I'm excited because this is going to be much better than last year's WWE Championship match inside Hell in a Cell. And then we get a fucking Braun Strowman video package because it's three hours and we got to throw some shit in there. Which leads into Strowman versus Lee. Uh, there was a little bit too much technical shit for me. Like, I kind of just wanted a vicious hoss battle, which is kind of what it became at a point. But then they lost by count out because Keith Lee can't have anything good in this company. And then he gets speared through a barricade. But then he throws Braun through the Titantron. Then he tackles Braun off of the stage into basically a fucking mattress they had set up and yeah i guess it's gonna be a feud it's just keith lee keith lee is not just a hoss here's the thing braun Strowman is a fucking hoss big show is a fucking hoss keith lee is a massive fireball of charisma and yeah i'm fine with wanting to see him versus braun Strowman. But let Keith Lee do Keith Lee shit. Don't relegate Keith Lee to being a big boy with everybody else. Because he's not. He is so much more than that. So that match happened. Then we get some more Mr. Perfect shit from Bianca Belair. Because fuck it. Although it was weird that she was playing a trivia game. I guess to show she's intelligent. But that does not translate to ring intelligence. If you're at ring intelligence. If you're good at Travago. Uh, so then we get another segment with Drew Gulak, our new 24-7 champion, and then him, Akira Tozawa, who was hiding in another trash can, and our truth wrestle in a massive dumpster, and you couldn't see anything, so you just see bags flying and limbs flailing. It was hilarious, and then a really nice moment at the end where the ref counts one, two, three, and you don't see who it is, and then the big baby face pop of our truth climbing out of the dumpster, holding the 24-7 title. It's just, this is like the one high point of Raw. Every single week is just getting to watch these three dumb idiots do great shit. So yeah, that was a great segment. And then 
We get Hurt Business versus Ricochet and Apollo Crews. For some reason, Hurt Business took five hours getting down to the ring and MVP wasn't with them. But then he showed up during the commercial break and then he blamed Retribution for their loss last week, even though Retribution only appeared in like two seconds at the beginning of the match. Um, but MVP, he's a great promo. Uh, Ricochet kind of came out and teased maybe joining the Hurt Business and then actually showed some personality, showed some character, just staring at him like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. I ain't doing this. No way. No way. It was very, very fun. Uh, then the match began. Then they showed a deadline to apologize counter to set up for the Murphy Rollins. Will he apologize? Won't he? Obviously, he's not going to segment, but it's so fucking weird that they just put a countdown. The match was actually really, really good. Uh, Apollo got mad hops jumping, avoiding a spear. But then, of course, taps out to the Hurt Lock because my favorite trope is when you have to trade wins in WWE so no one looks weak, even though now everyone looks weak. Cool, cool, cool. Outside of Bobby Lashley, because he's Bobby Lashley. It's going to be hard to make him look weak. Um, Oh, wait. Flashback to Lana Bobby Lashley. Then we get a backstage segment with Murphy Aaliyah, where Murphy basically says, I'm really sorry. And then Aaliyah is bad at acting and says, he Seth, I don't think you should be around, Seth. And then the segment ends. Uh, Hurt Business are confronted backstage by Ali and basically says, Sup, I'ma fight you later. You good? And MVP's like, oh no. So they tease, maybe he's gonna fight MVP later. A rematch from last week's six man. So now Rollins comes out for our big will-he-won't-he apology because there's just so much fucking shit thrown into this. I don't even know what the... Now the Mysterio family's out of it. Now we've just shifted to, like, Aaliyah. Like, is this gonna come down to, like, fucking Seth Rollins and Dominic against Murphy and and someone who likes Aaliyah? Like, I don't understand. It's so much... Um, Murphy had some real shitty facial expressions as Seth is screaming at him to apologize. I really like the passion out of Seth in this promo. And then uh, leads to basically what I describe as two teenagers fighting outside the hot topic. Uh, a really big, big fight. And then, of course, Seth is getting beat down by Murphy, who has a kendo stick, screaming at him to apologize. And then Seth screams, I'm sorry, Aaliyah. I'm sorry, Aaliyah. Uh, Murphy backs up and then... Like a angry cat, Seth Rollins jumped upon Murphy's face and began clawing at his eyes before beating him down with a kendo stick that snapped. Uh, Seth went to get a chair. When he came back, Aaliyah was in the ring. And Seth was like, okay, I guess I'm just not going to do anything anymore. And kind of, he, he powders out. And then the Mysterio family come in and start dragging Aaliyah away from Murphy as if Murphy had just done something wrong. As if Murphy had not just fought in the ring for his, for their daughter to get an apology. And like on the way to the back, Dominic's like, what is this for? Why are you doing this? You Do you not remember what he's done to our family? He took out our father's eye. And I'm like, motherfucker, no. He helped, but it was Seth who did that. He's sorry now. 
It's so buck wild. Like, fucking Dominic Mysterio is now a heel. He is now a full-on fucking heel in my eye. He's a dick to his sister. He's a dick to Murphy, who's practically the baby face at this point. This is Romeo and Juliet. And unfortunately, the only two people who are likable in this scenario are a bad actress and Buddy Murphy. That is not a good way for this angle to go. So uh, now we get into what is the sweetest moment of the night. I genuinely love this. And it was a cut to backstage of Shayna and Nia getting ready for their tag 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 title match against the Riot Squad. And I could uh, there wasn't actual audio, but I could tell from their lip syncing and like their gesturing that they were upset about their gear choices because they didn't match. And I just thought that was a funny goof. But then when they came out, I realized what they had done, and it was really sweet. Because Naya usually wears, like, black and purple gear. And Shayna will usually have, like, black and uh, blue or black and red sometimes. And when they came out, Naya had the black and blue, and then Shayna had the purple and gold that usually Naya has. They literally swapped palettes. And I went, oh, that's sweet. They were both trying to match. And then they just, oh, that's cute. And then they fucking murdered Ruby Riot. They stone cold destroyed Ruby Riot. Because this was, this was probably, this was probably my match of the night. This was a very good match. Uh, Shayna Baszler is an animal. I love Shayna Baszler. Like she, ever since winning the tag title, Shayna has gotten over with me big. Also, when her hair comes undone and goes down, she looks like a grown-up Eleven from Stranger Things, and I fuck with that a lot. So, uh, vicious beatdown, really working over Ruby's arm, but then when we come back uh, from the commercial break, it's like Ruby's arm wasn't crushed under Shayna Baszler's boot. It was very, very bizarre. So that happened, and then there were a lot of hot tags, and then uh, fucking uh, somehow Kira, fuck it, Kira Fuda clutch on Ruby Riot. Uh, Ruby taps out. Shayna holds on for a few seconds before releasing. And I just, firstly, like uh, there were points where you th- live tagged in Ruby against Shayna as if she didn't see how bad she fared earlier. So that was weird. And then like she wasn't selling the arm as much. And then I was like, couldn't Shayna have done like. I know it's Brock's move, but like a Kimura, like something to focus on that arm to do something more vicious, something that told the story more clearly than just locking. I like I understand the Kira Fuda clutch is her finisher, but also it would show she's smart in the ring. She knows that that might be my big my big talent, but also I can just break your arm if I need to. So the first part of the match before the commercial break was amazing, and then it got really rough in the second half. So it was rough overall. Uh, like I said, just watch the first half and then just they won. Skip that. Skip. Uh, so then we get a promo from the Street Profits. Fuck. I don't even know what they said, but it was good. That's all I got to say. It was just good. It was only like a minute long, but it was some good shit. And now we come to the best fucking part of the show. The uh, I, I actually did. Now that I'm revisiting it, there are other parts I really liked, but this is the only part of the show that I went, fuck yes, that I got actively excited about. And it was MVP versus Ali. And at one point, like, it's a pretty easy back and forth in the beginning. Ali gets the advantage. Finally, the Hurt Business come in and start to attack Ali. Lights go down. Retribution comes out. And I just thought, is this a babyface turn? Are they saving Ali? 
Because that's, I still don't understand why Retribution is feuding with the Hurt Business. Like, I guess it's just because they're the most boys. Like, that's the most people they could feud with. Um, but Ali teams up with the Hurt Business, rushes outside, screams at T-Bar, screams at Mace. And then I just started to squeal internally as Mustafa fucking Ali turns and smiles and orders Retribution to attack and they take out the hurt business and retribution are fucking baby faces and they kick ass i want retribution forever retribution baby faces forever they are great i love them they're probably still heels but i don't care this was phenomenal it was a massive beatdown the whole time ali's just watching them from the uh from the ramp and during this you realize oh shit ali's not just with them he's their leader And then you get this awesome shot at the end of this segment where Ali holds his hand out to the audience at home and then crushes it, basically just squeezes it into a fist. And as he does, the lights drop and the first points of Retribution's redemption are here because they're they're wanting a five on five for Survivor Series. They're wanting Retribution versus Team WWE. So they need a fifth man. I hope Ricochet. I think Ricochet would be a great addition. They're already working together. But also, this might be a heel because they want to make it a heel faction. But yes, this fucking ruled. Um, And then I had to go record a podcast. So I didn't get to watch this last segment um, until I was done with that. Which means I definitely watched The Sixth Man at two times speed. Um, The best part about this match was Randy Orton. Because Randy Orton was acting like a glorified manager. He was walking around on the outside, tripping people. And then at one point, like... Uh, Orton got or uh, uh, McIntyre got off step, and Orton just rushed in the ring, tried to RKO him. McIntyre pushed him away, and Randy just slithered out like, "All right, it didn't work. I'll try again." So that was fun, and that was it. That was the only fun shit in the match. Uh, Street Profits almost pinned Randy Orton, and that was dope. Like both of them hit their finishers, and I was like, "Are they about to pin?" randall keith orton but no they didn't obviously uh, rude and ziggler who it it doesn't even matter they broke up the pen and then uh after a lot of a weird six-man bullshit basically run in the ring finishing move run in the ring finishing move the bunch of shit like that um finally it becomes mcintyre versus orton and then mcintyre eats an rko and gets pinned which no fuck no no i understand Like, storyline-wise, they're like, how is McIntyre going to react to being pinned by Randy Orton? Motherfucker, he punted his head off and threw him in an ambulance three weeks ago. Like, we are beyond the concept of pinfalls at this point. We are beyond that. Randy Orton murdered a group of old men in a shed with night vision goggles. We are beyond, oh, dang it, he pinned me. I can't believe that Randy Orton did that. It doesn't add anything to the storyline. I hate it. It was really, really rough. I honestly believe you need to keep Orton and McIntyre as separated as possible, which sucks because they're trying to just have them beat the shit out of each other every week. And this, it start, I, 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 Hell in a Cell should be the end because I believe Survivor Series is the next show, which means that we're going to start doing some interbrand feuding, but. This it's it's starting to lose its luster. It really has because I just can take I can only take McIntyre and Orton beating the shit out of each other in the back so much. I can only talk slow talking Orton so much. 
I can only talk. I, I could take a lot of Drew McIntyre being charismatic, but him being angry and just kicking people is not my vibe. So, yeah, last week we kind of established that I guess if they want this show to be raw, it can either be raw, it could be medium raw, I guess. It could be medium. It could be medium well, or it could be well done. Obviously, well done being the worst of the bunch. The farthest from raw you could be. And this show was just fucking well done. Like, I was... It was exhausting. It was a chore to watch this show at points. Like, I, at some point, I was just sitting there... Because, like, here's the thing, and I don't want this to become this, but I'll, I'll go to, like, Brian Alvarez's Twitter every once in a while, and they're like, if you hate WWE so much, quit tweeting about them. And I'm like... Well, firstly, he's a newsman. He has to tweet about all the companies. But I don't want to come off like a WWE hater. Like, I loved Clash of Champions. I've loved NXT. I've loved NXT TakeOver. But Raw and SmackDown have just... I want them to be better. I don't want them to be well done. I want them to be good shows. And there are numerous small little tweaks that they could do to do that. Putting Ali with Retribution was a great way to get that group over. But the problem is they just... They just don't think as quickly as, like, AEW does. AEW thinks very quickly, and I think it's because in their first year, so they're trying to impress a lot. So if something doesn't work, they're immediately like, it's our first year, we gotta take this shit down. Um, But with Raw, it's such an institution that they're like, you know what, it's part of the story, just let it play out. It doesn't matter if no one likes the story, let it play out. But uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? If so, let me know on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, and remember, as always, to support us on Patreon. It would mean the world to us. Patreon.com slash a load of BS is where you can donate and get access to tons of exclusive content. And as always, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life.